Welcome back, everybody, to Drag Time with Heclina. Hello out there in Heclina land. We have somebody very special with us today. I can't wait to tell you about her, and I really mean that. Our guest today is somebody that uh, the films that she has starred in have influenced me my entire adult life, so I'm so thrilled to have her with us today. Um, but first, we're asking that wherever you are located and however you listen to Drag Time, please subscribe to the show, like the show, leave us a review, or send us a tip. You can visit our website, dragtimewithheclina.com, for all the ways that you can support us. Now, uh, well, this Dreamland player has long been the annoying and repulsive anti-glamour, anti-hero, uh, starring opposite Divine and others in John Waters' cult classics. You might know her as Connie Marble, Taffy Davenport, Peggy Gravel, or Sandra Sullivan. I know her as one of my very favorite cult icons, Please give it up for the legendary Mink Stoll. Hi, right. Mink. Hey, Hecklina. How are you? You know, I'm actually better than I should be. Oh, good. You know, considering the state of the world, I'm actually, I'm one of the lucky ones. I'm doing okay. Oh, good. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I feel the same way. I really should be doing, I should be a lot more miserable, but I'm here in my house in Palm Springs, quarantining with a pool. You know what I mean? Yes, but, yes, I do. Yes, yes, you do know what I mean. <laughs> well, that's good. I don't have a pool. Though. Oh, well, that's good. I, I don't have. I don't have my turned on right now. That it's too expensive to heat it in the winter time. But um, you know, I I was so nervous to be interviewing you because I have worked with you a little bit before, but I've never <laughs> done an I've never done an interview with you. So I was I actually texted Peaches today, and I said I was interviewing you. I said, is there anything I shouldn't ask her? And he said, no, and then not you're really. And you're going to go ahead and ask me. And we're going to ask you anyway. <laughs> so uh, one thing I do know is that, um, well, I do know that sometimes you hate people being extremely vulgar and crass. Uh, I, I, have, I have problems with it. I have problems when it's vulgar instead of funny. Right. Or vulgar instead of witty. Right, right, right. I remember one time Peaches was interviewing you on stage at the Bridge Theater and uh, there was a Q&A and somebody asked you, is this a cocksucker residence? And you said, just shut up and sit down. I've heard that a million <laughs> times in my life. And they know they that. <laughs> I and, don't remember that. It's completely possible. I remember it vividly because they were trying to be funny, but it just didn't come across. And you were like, you know what? Shut up. Yeah, I heard that a million times. <laughs> And they kind of they kind of slunk away and stuff. Um, well, I usually try not to make people feel bad. Uh huh. Because <laughs> you know, I want them to like me. I want them to come back and see another movie or when I do a convention, buy a T-shirt or something. So yeah, well, Coco Peru. Uh, I yeah. try to be nice. So I, I think one of the last shows you worked on was with Coco Peru, and she had nothing it but was. nothing but wonderful things to say about working with you. And ditto on me for Coco because yeah. we had a great time together, uh -huh. and I have nothing but admiration for Coco. And you were supposed to be going on tour with Peaches, but that all got yes. We uh -huh. were I I I was supposed to be in England in March. We were, uh -huh. and Coco was going to be there as well. Coco was going to be there. It was a great festival. Uh -huh. I'm surprised you weren't booked for it. It was Coco. It was Lipsinka. It was oh. me and Peaches. It was a whole slew of people. And, um, they, and I was I was one of the people who was, I was a COVID denier at uh -huh. the very beginning. Oh. I was determined to go. I mm -hmm. thought it was, I mean, we're talking January. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
you know, I, I was like, they're not going to keep me away. I want to go to London because mm. I hadn't been since the 60s to London. And I really to go. And my boyfriend was coming with me. We were going to do the shows. Then we were going to stay with friends. Oh. You know, I mean, I was really up for it. So um, what is this? It's nothing. It's nothing. I was completely, <laughs> uh, I'm not afraid of no COVID. Mm. And then March came along and the and everything went upside down. You know, supermarket shelves were empty. And I, yeah. so instead of my boyfriend meeting me in Baltimore and the two of us flying together to L- do um, London, I packed a suitcase full of toilet paper and flew to LA. So oh, wow. I could be with him. I did. I actually uh-huh. had a huge... You were one of toilet paper. You're one of those horrible people I was complaining about in March. No, I was not a hoarder. I had already bought them. Oh, okay. I already had them. And uh-huh. so I just, but but it was scarce out here. So I threw it in a suitcase and flew out here and I haven't left. Well, it definitely felt, it definitely did feel like, uh, I, I will say it accelerated really fast because I don't know how often you talk to Peaches, but we were in, we were on a cruise, Peaches and I, in February. And uh, the most they were doing was telling people, oh, you know, use hand sanitizer. And they asked you if you'd been to China recently. And that was the extent of it. That was it. Yeah. And then we got back to San Francisco and the shit hit the fan almost immediately. And uh, yeah, yeah. I, I grabbed my cat and came down to uh, sunny Palm Springs. I love Palm Springs. I was in Palm Springs last February. And right after I did that play with Coco, my lovely boyfriend. You've met him. He was at the, yeah. the roast. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He took me to Palm Springs to rest up uh-huh. and relax after the grueling experience of doing a play. Oh, and it wonderful. was really nice. We stayed at a great place called the Caracia. Not it's, quite sure. I, I, I couldn't tell you where it is because I don't mm-hmm. know Palm Springs that well. But it's an old, one of the older, um, kind of funky motels. Mid-century modern, yeah, yeah. No, even older. Oh, it's not wow. even mid-century modern. It's more Moroccan looking. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's really great. Yeah, so. I do. I do love it here. It's, I mean, I wish it was. Um, I'm getting a taste of what retirement it will be like because my career ended almost overnight, and uh, and so I'm here. You know, <laughs> in this retirement community. Oh, well, I mean, Palm Springs is a huge retirement community. But my, my retirement looks a little bit different in my mind. Like being able to actually <laughs> being able to actually go to shows and do things would be nice. And do things. Wouldn't that yes. be fun? <laughs> but speaking of doing things, I hear so when 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 all this stuff started, I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna write a book, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna learn Spanish. And a lot of that stuff flew out the window, but I hear that you are <laughs> I hear that you are taking uh, Piano lessons. I am. I am taking piano lessons from Lipstinka. Does she live? Does John live in LA? No, John lives in New York and we do it on Zoom. Oh, wow. It's it's great. I can angle the screen of my iPad to the keyboard so he can see my hands moving. Mm -hmm. He can't always see my, I can't always get my face in the same picture, but he doesn't have to see my face. He has to see my hands. So he watches my hands. And he, he's actually a really good teacher. I mm-hmm. highly recommend him. How did you hook up with Lipsinka? He sent out an email a couple of months ago mm-hmm. saying that he was going to be giving piano lessons. I've known him for, you know, decades. And I, 
I have been wanting to take piano lessons my entire life. Oh, wow. And I've tried over the years to teach myself and have never had and have just failed miserably uh-huh. at it. So I thought, well, you know, I have the time. Now's That's amazing. The time. So I, I was able to get, you know, I got a little keyboard and you know, I have this room, this private room, so I can I can plunk around and practice. I'm all the way up to old McDonald had a farm now, which I've pretty much. And I and I have to play it because I I, I tend to rush things. Uh-huh. So I'm learning to take my, you know, to do the timing right. So I play it over and over so and over again. So I have to have the privacy. So maybe when all this goes away, you'll be touring uh, a Mink Stole Cabaret show? Well, I, I've i never accompanied myself in any of my cabaret shows. I've always right. had a piano player. And I think, in all honesty, it's going to take me a long time to be able to accompany me myself. Sure, sure, sure. I do, however, sometimes, I am trying to train myself to sing a little bit with what I'm doing to sort of train my my ear and it's it's all it's really hard (laughs) it's really really hard I just I really want to be able to do it though so well good for you I mean like I said I I did start I hired somebody to 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 do Spanish lessons because I, I really shouldn't speak Spanish everybody that works on my house in Palm Springs speaks Spanish Mm-hmm. I, I, I hate I hate the imperial American way of I like going to Mexico and I hate that imperial, right. I hate the imperial way of going to a different country and demanding they speak English and uh, you know and all the boys I like are are, are Latin you know so oh. I try I tried I tried well you know you can learn certain phrases <laughs> I'm not going like, to be vulgar I'm not going to be vulgar man. no 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 but you know there's a you missed a spot for your help. <laughs> and oh, no. and they yeah. missed a spot for your boyfriend. They're not. So. They're, they're not doing that kind. Of, they're the ones that are doing all the the macho things around here. Gotcha. Um, so, what else does a pandemic day, a pandemic era oh. day, look like for you? Uh, well, for me, I actually, like I said, I'm one of the lucky ones, uh, right. and my boyfriend is also retired. Tom's retired, so we have a lot of time. So we get up, we wake up early, we have coffee in bed. And we relax and then we get up, we take a shower, we have a lovely breakfast. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes, he's a ceramicist. Mm-hmm. He's, he's retired basically from furniture designing and building, but he likes making ceramics. So he has a studio that he goes to, not every day, but often. So he'll go off and make ceramics and I'll come down to my bunker and practice my, you know, practice the piano. And then we sort of get back together again. Lately, we've been trying to go for a walk every day. We live in a really nice part of LA where it's, it's very pleasant to walk. And it's, um, so, you know, we wearing masks and, uh, you know, so we'll walk for about an hour. You know, mm-hmm. we try to do a couple of miles every day. There are days when I don't want to, but we, we try to do it anyway. Yeah, it's good for often you. Often I don't want to. Oh yeah, well, very I mean, often I don't 
want to. It's like exercise or going to an AA meeting for me. I don't want to, but after I'm done, I feel better, you know. Much better, much better. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's difficult to ask people what they're doing because it sounds like your day's like mine. I talked to Bruce Valanche the other day uh, for my podcast and it was surprising. Uh-huh. He had nothing going on either. Nobody has anything going on. You yeah. Know? He, he's he's like, yeah, he's like, I have nothing to promote. So well, I have uh, nothing to promote. I have absolutely nothing to promote. Well, let's, but, let's, uh, <clears throat> let's walk down memory lane then a little bit. Okay. No. Do you hate that? No, I'm happy with the work that I've done. I feel mm-hmm. very lucky to mm-hmm. have the career that I've had. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I've, I've met you obviously, and I've met uh, other people, I've met John, but I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm so sad that I never had a chance to meet Divine and uh, somebody so ahead of their time, um, such a huge influence. Can you give me, I mean, I know that you. Well, to be honest, Divine and I, we worked together and I, we were fond of each other. And, I mean, I love Divine, mm-hmm. but we didn't hang out. You know, we, Divine's life, especially when he got into his music career and he went off, he was hanging around with David Hockney and um, who's the, uh, Elton John. You know, his his world went, escalated way past mine. Mm. So uh, there's a lot of his life that I was not part of. I loved working with him. I have to tell you that I really loved working with him. He was so professional. He always knew his lines. He always was ready. And he was an incredibly generous performer. There was no problem with who's in front of the camera or, you know, or who has a better angle. There, there was none of that. It was just play the scene, do the scene. And he was he fed, you know, we were able to feed each other with a lot you know we gave each other a lot of energy when mm-hmm. we worked together so i loved it yeah, yeah. i really loved it. i mean i've worked with people and i'm not mentioning names because one day i may work again yeah yeah exactly <laughs> but i've worked with people who were far less generous and far more difficult on stage and, and yeah on, on stage, stage and behind and the camera film. yeah i know yeah, and on film and so i i really valued those memories of working with divine I definitely know what you mean by somebody who's generous, who uh, knows what they're doing and will allow you to be have your breathing room on stage or in front of the camera and not try to a, a grandstand. To, yeah, yes. exactly. Yes, yes, yes. And not take up all the director's time. Right. With, with you know, crap. With, right. I, you know, is this my right blocking? How am I doing? Is this mm-hmm. okay? Is that okay? What should I do here? Right, right. You know, th- th- there's th- there's only so much time that you have. Yeah. And um, some people are kind of, are, some people are greedier with it. Divine was not greedy. Divine was very generous. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm sure Divine was able to be very generous because she just naturally was such a force. You know what I mean? She She didn't have to grandstand or, you know. Well, just visually. Like, yeah, exactly. Visually. <laughs> he could be standing still. Yeah. And visually was was completely riveting. Yeah, a character, like it's just people, they, they don't know they're being influential. People like the New York Dolls or David, well, no, David Bowie knew it. New York Dolls or the Ramones or Divine, people who are something that nobody else is doing. And then later on, you know what I mean? Everybody tries to emulate that. Uh, or, or somebody like Lee Bowery or whatever, you know. Right, well, we did not know. Yeah, um, we had no way of knowing, and you know, at the very beginning, I think, 
as time went on and divine was more and more lionized and and celebrated um there was there was a certain innate knowledge that what he was doing was um innovative and different i mean well we always knew we were innovative we just didn't know we were innovative and influential right do so, you, you know, get you, yeah do you, do you, you can be innovative with yeah. that without anybody paying any attention do you know uh i, I don't I, well you, how, how could you know but uh, i got uh, how often we quote lines of yours from those movies and do, do, do people see you and start saying lines to you and stuff? Like, uh, not usually. People don't, <laughs> it happens. It does uh-huh. happen, but but not usually. I mean, most people don't recognize me because I don't really look like any of my characters. I think if I look like the, the character that I look the most like in my normal life would be Peggy Gravel before she became uh, an evil princess. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm I'm a natural blonde, and mm-hmm. you you can't. Well, yeah, yeah, the audience can't see. Uh, even if the audience could see it, um, my natural blonde is a little dimmer now right, since, right, right. since the pandemic. <laughs> I don't know. If it, you're has, it hasn't had its brightening exercises. Well, sure. Beginning. Right. But but you yeah. know, I look more like that than I'm, I do like anybody else. I I had a surreal experience with you, and I don't know if you remember this, when we were in Chicago, um, you were there for a film with Jane Weedland, and I was there with Baby Jane, for the Baby Jane premiere. And uh, do you remember that? It was like- I do remember. I remember going to the Baby Jane premiere. Yeah, and afterwards I was talking to you in the lobby and some queen came up to me and he was talking to me and he's like, you remind me of that drag queen from those old cult movies. Um, and, and, you know, like she was, she was really big. And I said, do you mean divine? He's like, yeah. He was like, yeah, that's it. And I said, well, the person I'm talking to right here is, was starting all those movies. And he was like, oh, okay, whatever. Well, anyway, you know, it was just so weird. Like he totally, he totally didn't recognize you because you do change. I change so much. Yeah. 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 And, and I actually like looking normal. Mm -hmm. I mean, after pink flamingos, um, that red hair, I kept that, uh, for a while. And it was just too hard. And you know, I got, and people, I mean, I like people looking at me. I'm fine with people looking at me, but I, I don't need to be uh, shocking. Right. You know, walking down the street. That's, that's not a requirement of mine. So, so I, I, and what's really funny, I mean, I do get a kick out of it because I look pretty straight. And, you know, when I'm when I'm out and about and there are young people around and they've got the red hair or the green hair or the blue hair and they look at me like I'm some old fuddy-duddy. And I just want to say, I did that. Oh, of course. Of I course. did that. Yeah, yeah, I had yeah. black fingernail polish in 1967. You got nothing on me. Right, right. You yeah, know? exactly. I just got over it. It's just a, it's a nonconformist conformity uh, in a way, like I, I, in, in the 90s when everybody was getting, I was doing my, my club tranny shack and I was doing drag and, and I got my outlet once a week by getting in drag right. and getting, I, I didn't have to cover my body with tattoos and piercings and stuff like that. Right. And when, when I'm not in drag, I'm, it's just, this is it, you know, so I totally get it. Drag is hard. Fun. Yes. People do not understand how much work it's, I mean, it's a lot more for you than it is for me. But even for me, I've got to set the hair. I've got to, you know, I've, there's stuff. Right. There's stuff that you have to do. And it's it's not easy. 
Well, that's, and, uh, yeah. You know, and people are always, well, they don't do it to me anymore. People used to say, oh, come to this event or come to that event. You know, we can't pay you. Oh, don't you but hate that? There'll be a that? lot of press there. There'll be a lot of press. I'd say, press I got. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you have money, I'll right. talk to you about it. What's even worse is like, oh, uh, we can't pay you, but we can give you drink tickets. And I'm like, I don't, I don't drink. I, I don't drink. And yeah. a, a one time somebody somebody invited me to go to some Broadway show. Oh, they was like playing in San Francisco. And they, they were like, but, but you'd have to come as Heclina. And I was like, so you're asking me to work. And, yeah, and, exactly. and, and, and they said, well, it's not a, it's not a lot to ask for a, a ticket that's worth $150. And I was like, uh, 150 bucks. Are <laughs> no, you kidding like, me? <laughs> I just kind of, I don't like, get yeah. out of bed for under a thousand. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's, I, what I've noticed about you is that, uh, and then, you know, reading about you is that even though you were around all these crazy drugged out people, I, I mean, I don't want to, you know, but it's pretty fair to say you've always had your feet kind of on the ground. You've always been kind of level-headed. Pretty you know, much. Even, yeah. I mean, I, I have my my insanities, but I've never been strung out on drugs. I've never, right. I'm not an alcoholic and I'm not a drug addict. I do have an occasional drink. Mm. Um, and I love to smoke pot. Well, actually, I don't smoke it. I eat it. Uh -huh. I do I do eat a gummy every now and then. Uh -huh. uh, but not not on a regular basis. And I was, I never had a drug. I never got into drugs. I smoked pot. I've taken tons of drugs. I mean, I've mm -hmm. experimented with lots of acid and I, mm -hmm. uh, but that was all, you know, decades ago. Well, yeah, that's what I wanted to talk to you about because I read the Cookie Mueller, the amazing Cookie Mueller uh, book, Edgewise. Did yes, you read that? It's, I did, yeah. What, what did you think of that? I thought she did a great job. Uh, yeah, it was amazing. I thought she did an amazing job. And, and yeah. it, it was, um, you know, I mean, she talked to so many people. Cookie was an amazing human. Yeah. You know, I mean, she she was a bright star. She burned out way too fast. But she was heavily into drugs. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I totally got that from the book. And she, and maybe she shouldn't have had a kid. And I'm just saying that I'm saying that because my mother had a kid, and that was me. And I, she dragged me through all the shit that a drug addict drags you through. Yeah. So, uh, so I mean, but anyway, uh, there are people who I, 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 I Max loved her. You yeah, know, of course. She, she loved Max, and Max loved her, but. No, I, I wouldn't have, could give a mother of the year, she was not. <laughs> yeah. And just but, to help yeah. me, Heklina, tell the audience briefly what a little bit about the premise of the book. Well, it's just uh, a fan of Cookie Mueller's uh, showed up in Provincetown and started talking to the ex-partner of Cookie Mueller and the son of Cookie Mueller and Mink and other people. I, I'm assuming she spoke to you directly or no? Oh, absolutely. Yes, yeah. okay. Yeah, directly. Uh, and it's just an amazing book called Edgewise and it's full of incredible it's, stories. It's full of anecdotes and stories that people are telling about Cookie. So it's it's uh, not a narrative. Mm -hmm. It's 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 not a um, an auto, it's not a biographical narrative. It's more like um, oh, there was a book that George Plimpton wrote. Oh, God, I can't remember the name about Edie Sedgwick. It's it, there's a, it's 
people talking about cookie rather than one person talking to people and, and coming up with his own thought with their own thoughts about it. Mm-hmm. She did a great job. I forget her name, Chloe. Um, yeah. Yeah. There was, oh, there was an amazing, yeah, there's an incredible story about Cookie Mueller and her son at the aquarium. And there was an octopus hiding, hiding underneath a rock. And all these people were looking at the octopus and going, Ooh, the octopus is ugly. Ew. And the octopus was shrinking under the rock. And the people walked away and then Cookie and her son walked over to the window and they said, look at that octopus, how beautiful the octopus is. And the octopus came out from under the rock, went to the window of the aquarium and stretched out its tentacles <laughs> like it was, you know, like, like it heard what they were saying. Right. about. And, uh, and Max, Max was saying like, oh, those people hurt your feelings. You're beautiful. And so they were staring at this octopus and they were both crying and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was such an amazing story. Um, just it was full of stuff like that about what a free spirit she was. She uh, was, and she had enormous talent. Uh, you know, she could write, mm-hmm. uh, she could draw, she could sew. Mm-hmm. She sewed most of her own clothes and did an amazing job. I mean, she had style. Yeah, you know, just astonishing style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, I loved her. We used to, I back when we were in Provincetown a zillion years ago. Back in, I think it was, must have been the late, no, nah, maybe it was in the 70s. I forget. I started going there in the 60s. Um, she and I used to go bike riding out on the dunes. We used to go out on the bike trails and, and with sketchbooks and we'd draw and we would read to each other. You know, I would read to her while she drew and she would read to me while I drew. Mm-hmm. And we just had a wonderful time. I loved cooking. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm just, somebody that I really would have loved to have met. Well, uh, so we're moving, changing tangents a little bit. Mark threw these questions into the script. Mark, do you want to ask Mink about this, about about what, what Mink is watching and the film process and all that? Yeah, so we have been asking people if they want to tell the audience what they're watching on TV, if anything at all. Do you stream any shows or anything? Oh, of course. Every, yeah. I'm, I'm human. What's I'm on human Mink's watch list? Uh, right now, we are watching uh, The Duchess of Duke Street, and I can't remember where it is because I'm never holding the remote control. So it's either Netflix or Amazon. It's an old, old BBC um, show, and it's Gemma Jones is, is a woman who wants to be a co- Anyway, it's fun. It's British. I like British. And we're watching Bridgerton, which has some very attractive men in it. Oh, my God. And, <clears throat> Are you watching it? Yes. Oh, we got you going. I don't don't even even Mm. want to know what his real name is. Mm -hmm. He is the Duke forever and always Mm. to me. He is Mm -hmm. handsome. Mm -hmm. So we're watching that. And every morning, we actually start off every morning with an episode of 30 Rock. Wow. We we, we have coffee in bed and watch an episode of 30 Rock. Because it's always funny. And it's nice Mm -hmm. to start the day with a laugh. Oh, there's that idea. And, uh, you know, various things. Jeopardy. We watch uh-huh. Jeopardy every night, which, you know, breaks my heart because we've lost Alex Trebek. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I'll, I, I'm hoping that it can continue because it always makes me feel smart when I know the answers. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I throw, you know, I say them out loud. Of course. Times, just like yeah, everyone yeah, else yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. But right now, that's that's kind of it. We were watching The Stand. Mm-hmm. It got a little gory. I don't like to watch 
brutal stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, the world is brutal enough. I don't watch, you know, these police procedurals and murders and things mm-hmm. of this nature. I don't like them. Right. They, they just, you know, it seems like a competition to see who can come up with the more brutal mm-hmm. uh, murders. So, so that's kind of it. Oh, and the baking show, of course. Uh, the, the British the, Bake Off. The British one? The Great British Bake Off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of... And I can watch them over and over again because I usually fall asleep during them, so I have no recollection of what anybody made. Do you try to do, like, profiteroles and stuff like no! that? <laughs> <laughs> I do not. I did, <laughs> I did make a pineapple upside-down cake. Oh, nice. For thanks, I think it was for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I did do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I'm, we do prepare food, but I'm, I'm not a great cook. Mm-hmm. Trader yeah. Joe's keeps me alive. Uh, it's so funny. I've been cooking so much in, uh, in quarantine. Yeah. I'm kind of liking it, but, um, I like it too. And mm-hmm. I enjoy it, but we have a, I have limited kitchen facilities. Okay. So. Well, uh, switching gears again. Do you, do you speak much to John these days? Uh, I haven't talked to him for a while. We, mm-hmm. um, you know, we exchange Christmas emails. You know, he's not, he's not doing much. I'm not doing, I don't have anything to say. It's like, right, right, hi, right. what are you doing? Well, I like, I crocheted a baby blanket. A friend of mine is becoming a grandmother. So oh, I crocheted. Wow. Yes, I actually did a nice job. Um, you know, I, I, every so I'll pull, my hooks out, you know, my crochet hook out every now and then and do something with that. But it's, you know, it's like, what are you doing? Nothing. What are you doing? Nothing. Right. You know, so I haven't talked to him lately. Well, so let's switch gears again to our dear friend Peaches. So uh, she was uh, she was just here visiting me with Mihat, and then they went from here to Maryland. And you guys have a long history together. Of course, Peaches is a uh, cult movie aficionado, of course, hugely influenced by John and you and all of your films. And the first time I remember you with Peaches was when she brought you to the Bridge Theater. You've had this whole career with her ever since. It was an amazing night for me. It was a wonderful, amazing night. That night actually changed my life. And I've told Peaches this because it was the first time that I had been treated with this, you know, I mean, Baltimore, nobody, I mean, I, I, you know, it was always Divine that got all the attention. Uh-huh. Divine got all the attention all the time. And I was used to that. You know, that was, it was just the way things were. And then I came up to the bridge and there was, you know, he had this banner on the stage that said, Hail Mate. He had an animatronic Peggy Gravel stirring rabies potion. It was this huge event and people were so happy to see me. It was just like, I, it was the first time I had ever really experienced that. And I I think I was crying. I think you couldn't see it, but I think it, you know, I was kind of overwhelmed by the, by the response. And uh, it was fabulous. And I just, I, Peaches treated me so well and was so wonderful that I just fell in love with him. And my motto in life is if Peaches asks me, I say yes. Oh, wonderful. No, no, matter, no matter what it is. You were in All About Evil. 
I was, and mm-hmm. I had a great time in it. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I loved working with him. He was a, ter- I, it's a fun film and he did a really good job as a director. He's a really good director. Yes. And I've done, you know, I've worked on stage with him and I think he is so wonderful to work with because he makes people feel good and they want to do a good job for him. It's John is like that. And it's, it's a similar thing to John. When John is working, people want to do a good job for him. And people want to do a good job for Peaches. And I just, I think he's terrific. Yeah, he I is. think he's just great. I'm, I'm, I worry that he's traveling. <laughs> you know, I'm just afraid of anybody traveling these days. Yeah, I mean, uh, he is uh, being very, I know very... he's with his mom. He's with his, he's mom, with his mom, and, and he, I love her. Yeah, and yeah, she's great. And he got tested, of course, before yes. he, before he went to stay with her. He got him and Nia both got tested, and uh, they're being very careful about it. Like, I, I know they yeah. are. They're not stupid. Yeah. I'm, I'm aware of that. I just mm-hmm. I, know. I, I know. I want everybody to stay in a cave until I this know. is over. I know. I know. Wow, you've you've gone really far from being a, a denial a, a denier. Oh, I, my, <laughs> denial, my, my denial ended. As soon as I really saw that it was real, as soon right. as I saw that it was real, I, you know, I just thought, you know, in January, who knew? Right, of course. What this was. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, I, I love it that you have that you're in a happy place right now, even in the middle of a pandemic, and uh, you're kind of like the cult movie share. You survived <laughs> all this stuff. You survived all this stuff. People have people have gone all around you. They're, they're you know, we're, we're talking about them. And uh, you're going to survive this pandemic. And, and hopefully I'm going to be, uh, oh. yeah, I'm going to yeah. be buying a space down here in Palm Springs. So I hope one day at my space, you can come and do idol worship with peaches. We would love that. We really like doing that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a fun show to do. And it's really easy. And people enjoy it because it's, it's such an intimate evening with the two of us. We sing yeah. some songs and we talk. And that's basically it. Uh, the way I used to, I usually describe my cabaret show when I, I haven't done it in a while, but when I was doing it, it was it was sort of like having dinner with me. Only I get to sing and you can't talk. Right, right, right. I like that. Yeah. Well, I I, I hope to uh, you know this year we we all get the jab. Okay, so I'm kind of depressed today because I read about how slow the vaccine distribution is in in America. They're already started doing it in Thailand. Everywhere else, they, they got their shit together. America, you know, it's like, we, we're, we're going to have to go to Thailand or Iceland to get this vaccination, you know. Right. Well, you can. Yeah, I can. Yes, exactly. You can. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I hope that things are back to semi-normal soon. And, soon. Uh, yeah, soon, soon, soon. Some, some kind of... Some kind of semblance. Some kind of something, yeah. But I I really appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast. Well, thank you very much for having me. I've really enjoyed it. And talking to you has been really fun. Well, thank you. And uh, you are one classy lady, Mink Stone. Thank you. Thank you, Akita. This has been a real pleasure. Thank you again. And thank you, Mark. Nice to meet you, Mark. Nice to meet you, too. Thank you.